No, yeah, too yeah, much yeah, of me. Yeah, too no, much no, of me. Good, too good, much of me. It's good. It's too good. Much of me. There we go. Look. I hate what he's watching. I hate that it's live. I love that it's live. It keeps you accountable. I'm good with that. I can handle it. I don't think you can. I cannot handle it. This is not because I'm not. I don't want to be held accountable. Just I'm. I'm nervous. Five people are watching, so now you gotta. Five people are alive. I used to do. When I first started doing the podcast, I would always be nervous. Yeah. And about. 15 podcasts ago, I stopped getting nervous, and now I'm nervous again. <laughs> because this is the first time you've gone live. Yeah, I can't stand it. And you're in control of it, and it's on your shit. And... <sighs> what makes you nervous? Ah, oh, shit, what makes me nervous? In life or in, like, in and, CrossFit? In anything, in anything. Like, I was really when nervous. I think of nerve, when I think of being nervous, I think of the... Um, the feeling of being in a helicopter with no control over what's going to happen next to you as you're approaching a target in Afghanistan or Iraq. That those are the times when I got nervous because I had zero control over the outcome. Until I get out, once, once I get out of the helicopter, I'm in control of my situation. I'm with, I'm with the team. We can move. But inside this tin can of a helicopter, you're at the mercy of the pilot, who they're all highly trained or some free, you know, shot being taken and taking the helicopter down. So inside, when you asked me that question, that's like where I went. Immediately. Yeah, that's when I was nervous. And, and I, my next question was going to be, do you play out scenarios of what makes you nervous? Like, so for me, I'm super nervous right now and anxious because I'm concerned the audio is not working and yep. I'm not going to know until I get home. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I play out, so, so you do play out scenarios and is the primary scenario of getting shot when you're in the air? Is that like the no, biggest? No, that's not the primary scenario, but that's just what I thought of uh, first. Nervous. What? Uh, you know, something, when I do the open announcements, I get nervous. I, I don't want to fuck them up. So like there's little nerves there, but I end up rehearsing them so much that I don't think I, I shouldn't. And I have, and I have fucked them up before. Little errors, saying the wrong number, saying the wrong order, but um, messing up there is different than messing up in combat. How, right. <laughs> um, what about the first time you guys went live on ESPN? Did that make you nervous? No, no. I think... Um, Just on cue, we've been in here yeah. 20 minutes setting up, no birds, and now there's a bird in the go on. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, the team's so, the team does such a good job with those uh, streams and with the environment. I think I got uh, chewed out once by one of our team members for cussing on the live ESPN show. So I wasn't nervous, I was too comfortable. What are the rules on that? I noticed in the last UFC fight there was a lot of swearing, and they usually bleep it out, but they didn't bleep it out last time. Was that on the pay-per-view? No, that was just on the regular UFC fight night on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe it's because ESPN Plus is uh, a subscription or on the internet. Regular internet or regular ESPN would not allow that. Where are we right now? We're at the ranch, CrossFit Ranch, Aromas, California. But tell me more. What goes on here? Tell me all the different things related to CrossFit that go on here. That's a great uh, qualifier related to CrossFit because I could have taken that in a very different direction. <laughs> uh, well, the first ever CrossFit Games were conducted here in 2007. That's the original leaderboard with, uh, with the original winners and the original ranks for the three events. Then the second and third CrossFit Games uh, were also conducted here. You actually did a documentary on the second Games. Then last year, because of COVID and all the shutdowns and restrictions, the, uh, I guess it was the 14th Games came back here. Also a few years before that, for a single day event 
We brought the athletes from Carson up to here for a single day event, uh, which was an epic day on so many different levels. When I, when I worked with you, when we were colleagues, you used to work from home. You had an office at your, at your house. You also worked from the office in Scotts Valley. And now this place has become your office. Like we're in this big shed where all the demo stuff happens, yep. or at least it used to happen. And then tell me about that that building over there. Yeah, so right behind this wall is essentially a room where um, I've created my office and where I program. In San Diego, a place you didn't mention, I had my house that I worked out of, but I also had a, uh, a facility, a couple thousand square feet, maybe 3,000, and we called it Yarrow because that was the street name, and it's where I did all the programming, and it's where I did all the testing. And throughout the years, as this has developed and as I've be, um, created more of a routine for creating any stage of the games, the open the regionals back then, or the games, programming those workouts, I really need a creative space. I do a lot of um, computer work at home or a lot of routine work at home, CrossFit work. I do some here too, but then there's a time when I have to just put all that aside and just uh, have this creative zone for making the workouts and making the event. And uh, that was in Yarrow years ago. Here, it's now um, here behind the wall. And how many days a week do you come here? Oh, I come to the ranch. It's not how many days a week. The question should be how many times a day do I come here? I come here every day that I'm home, that I'm not on the road, anywhere from two to three times a day. Two on a minimum, sometimes up to four. And how far do you live from here? I live about 15 minutes away. That's a, a lot of people think I live here. My brother and his family, they still live here, but I don't live here. And how many acres is the place? 65. Tranquilo. You don't have to read my mind. Um, who, have you picked the demo team this year for the CrossFit Games? No, but I just asked uh, someone to be the DTC and they couldn't do it. So I was, actually asked Paul to be the DTC. What's the DTC? The demo team captain. Paul Tremblay? Tremblay. I think he's been on the demo team like eight or nine times. <laughs> so, um, and he finished 10th in Atlas, I think ninth or 10th. So, I think 12th. Okay. Still really good. Yep. So I thought I'd offer him the DTC position uh, and he... He couldn't take it. He has some other obligations going on that week, which is, for me, kind of disappointing because I was looking forward to working with him and having him on the team. Um, is that heartbreaking for him? Is he like, holy shit, I, was, I could go out to the games and be demo team captain? I don't know if it's heartbreaking for him. He seemed very um, genuinely, uh, ups not upset, but he had other obligations that he committed to prior to, to being requested to do this. So... He was very apologetic and said he'd love to help out any way he can, but um, I won't have someone half on that team. Like, it's going to be all in. Did he tell you what he was doing? What's more Yeah, important? it's with affiliate stuff. He, he's, he's the country manager for, uh, for CrossFit LLC. So he'll be at the games. Yes. But he can't be. Yes. Oh, man. Hey, I think that's a mistake. I think it actually elevates the respect from the people that he's sort of the liaison for to HQ um, to see him out on the floor. Fair enough. Can you, will, will you tell him I'll that? I'll tell him that. Tell him that? <laughs> have him think about that? I mean, they want to see their boy out there, right? Yeah, They want to sure. see their boy out there. Um, why, so I was going to take you here later in the, in the talk, but um, I'm talking about friendship and you. Okay. Um, why... And, and I'm going to make some presuppositions, and I know you have no problem unfucking me, so I, I, would, I, I don't apologize for doing it to you. Why don't you like people when you meet them? I'm not <laughs> suggesting you dislike them. 
But when you meet people, why don't you like them? And the presupposition I'm making is that I know that about you. Well, I would frame it publicly very differently than I don't like people when I meet them. Uh -huh. I would frame it as uh, I, I, I have a natural guard up and I have a natural tendency to um, not let people in very easily. I want, I think people have to earn, um, to have my trust and to have my friendship, it, it's, uh, it has to be earned through, through understanding and through respect and uh, working together and just, it, I'm not as easy as like, hey, I just meet someone and now we're uh, friends and I'm going to trust you to, um, through any situation or scenario. It is very much like um, I do have my guard up with people. And especially when you hit, like, in this position that I've had with CrossFit for a very long time, you know, oftentimes people want stuff from you. So you learn very quickly that, like, to kind of, I don't want to say expect that, but understand that, that that might be coming. That being said, there's a level of, like, when I meet affiliates or when I meet trainers or when I meet people who are in the community, the truth is part of that's already broken down. Meaning by being an affiliate owner, like there's like you've, you're, there's a, levels to this shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're a couple levels in at that yeah. point. And so like some of that of what I'm talking about is, is already naturally broken down because of your engagement in the community. Um, you said it's a natural guard. What do you mean by a natural guard? You're saying that you were born with that or you're saying that like. <laughs> it's natural to me now. I don't think I was born with it. Um, it probably. Were you picked on as a kid? I wasn't picked on too much, maybe a little. I had a few moments, I think, but um, it probably stems from so much with me. Like when you unwind who I am and why I do things the way I do and how I lead the way I do or how um, I push people the way I do. I mean, frankly, it comes from where I came from. You know, my whole young adult, the 20s through 30, 33, 32, that phase was... Uh, was defined by being a seal and that was not an easy thing to do and that was not those were not easy people to be around and those were not like it wasn't a cakewalk it was a really challenging and tough time where I had to perform at a high level and I had high people had high expectations of me I had high expectations of those to my left or right and and you kind of build that I built that at least from there so if people question why is he so hard or why does he do this or why is he um, why is he rough around the edges or whatever they say? Unwind it. Think back. And the truth is, though, and all of that being said, there's still been a ton of evolution in me. And, and you see that and you know that to how I was when you first met me to how I am now. The, the big, it's funny when you say the evolution. I don't think you've become more open when you meet people, but I think you're... Um, become less prickly like before you were a cactus with big thorns and if you yeah. got close to you you got pricked yeah right and the person bumped into you and they, they came into your space now they can come into your space and they might not feel anything but you're still you're still guarded um why didn't you like me when when i first started working at crossfit can you remember yeah i think i didn't like you because um you were a little too much you're like really happy and you're like everything was positive and and you're just trying to get in so quickly. And especially when people are trying to get in so quickly or trying to make friends with me quickly or our team quickly, you know, that's kind of a flag for me. 
Like, what's this guy's agenda? What's this guy want from us? In your case, you wanted more work. You wanted to be filming stuff. You wanted to work the games. And so I naturally um, had a guard up for you. And that turned into a little bit of dislike. I wouldn't say it was dislike. I, I, I saw at a point, um, I didn't dislike you, but I saw I was going to test you. And I was going to test you through tossing you in the fire with, with <laughs> adversity and my level of adversity being a little uh, rough love. This, this guarded mentality, this, um, this pre-Navy SEAL Dave, was he a good fit for the SEALs and it just solidified it and made you grow as the same person? Or did this Dave that entered the SEALs have to change a ton? Or were you like, did you go to the SEALs and you're like, wow, this is, just, this is, this is the fertilizer and water that my character is already designed for and I can use? Well, my dad, was pretty, my dad was pretty, uh, I don't want to say hard, but he was pretty stern, pretty, um, he loved me, of course, but he was also, it was a u- unique relationship that I think prepared me for that environment and uh, prepared me for, for just going into, a, going into the fire and not being coddled. And growing up here, even, like, I wasn't coddled or, or um, it wasn't that, I wouldn't say, easy. He didn't, the, you know, it's funny, Greg once said, uh, your dad must have been a really fucking good guy. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, because of how you came out. And, you know, like, Greg, like, that clicked. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't always think he was the best father, but it was like, yeah, you did he did some good thing. He did something right. And, and that, when Greg said that to me, like that resonated and it, it was powerful. Was Greg's dad a good guy? Ask Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Uh, oh, man. Um, you did, this is a 65-acre 60, ranch, and I don't think um, people who, like, People who live in a, in a metropolis or in a city have kind of like no idea what it's like here. That this is like it's hot. Yeah. Um, there's mountain lions. Yeah. There's wild pigs. Yep. Um, I'm assuming you didn't grow up. Did you play out here as a child? Oh yeah, or yeah. Did yeah. You, I played out here a lot. Um, you weren't around watching TV. I did. I liked. I, I like watching football. I remember watching the Dolphins growing up here as a diehard. Did they have Dolphins cable team. out here? Yeah, we did. We had, I mean, sat- we had satellite TV. We had the big fucking dish, one of oh, those giant dishes yeah, yeah, yeah. back in the day. And you have to have that out here. I don't think people realize, no. like, we are in what you used to like to brag to me about is Steinbeck country. Yes, exactly. Like, we are in the agricultural capital of the world. I didn't, after school, like, I wasn't hanging out with my friends. I wasn't in the, in the city doing things. I wasn't, like, I didn't, I came here, and I was here. It was almost a pretty, I don't want to say sheltered, but almost pretty isolated life. And, um... Not sheltered in the traditional sense by any means. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wide open, super... Uh, I used to run around playing G.I. Joe and shit like that. You know what I mean? I remember taking my little guy and throwing him off the barn with the parachute, thinking maybe I should build a little parachute and jump off the shed. Really glad I didn't do that. <laughs> Did you play with your brother a lot? No. He was seven years older than me. And so we, uh, growing up, weren't that close. Did you have friends here come here? Yeah, I did. Did you do sleepovers? Occasionally. Are both your parents Mexican? Yeah. And were they born here? The, yes, they, one was born in the Bay Area, and uh, I, uh, yeah, they were both born, and I think my mom was born in Texas. Are they first generation? Yes. So they, they crossed so the border? No, 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 I'm sorry. So they're, 
parents were from Mexico. And do you know why they came? No. And do you... Probably to come for a better life, I assume. And how did your mom and dad meet, you know? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know or you don't want to tell me? I don't really want to. Let's move on. How did you meet your wife? Don't want to talk about it. How much do you spend time with your family every day? Yeah, a lot. And um, I know we've talked about this before. You like to keep them private. Yeah. Don't you think that... Um, do you mind being misunderstood? Oh, I don't care. Like, you don't? I, I don't have anything to explain to anyone. Like, uh, being misunderstood, you um, does not bother me at all. Um, being over-understood does not bother me over, uh, at all. The people that it matters to are those closest to me. And uh, everyone else, honestly, like, I could give a fuck about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what people think about me. Almost to a fault. And I think that also puts me in a pretty good position because um, I don't make decisions for the popular reasons. I make them for the right reasons. I was talking about this with some affiliates the other day. Like, the toughest thing to do or the toughest stance to take is doing the right thing and not the popular thing. And um, That's because... A, that, that needs to be explored. Go on. Because go on. I don't care so much about what people think, I don't have much of a problem doing the right thing. What I believe to be the right thing. Which necessarily isn't always the popular thing. I, I don't want people to misunderstand you too because I worked with you for 15 years and you more than anyone else in the company, maybe Bruce is pretty good at it too, but you were definitely the best, would have round tables to take feedback. It also doesn't you mean, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. It also doesn't mean I'm not afraid of, or I'm not collaborative or I don't listen to the team. Right. It just means you might listen to the team, you might take everything in, and the overwhelming majority of people might be saying, hey, this is not popular, so we shouldn't do it. And that's where I would take the stance of, but it's the right, but we all know it's the right call. We all know it's the right thing to do. So therefore, we should. Is I don't know if this matters or not, but in 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 my understanding, there's a great of, example recently. Okay, ahead, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not going to say it. You might figure it out. You might call it out. But there's a great example. Keep of, going. Of being misunderstood. No, of the other piece. But uh, I'm not going to bring it up. You have to figure it out. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. So, the, so I've I've known you since before there was social media, and there's a and so. I've seen people's perception of you and then social media came and then I saw people, I see people's perception of you. Yeah. And it's so weird. It's like when people talk about you, they, it's like talking about the moon, but you've only ever seen the dark side of the moon. Like there's <laughs> like, I know people who are talking about you who've never seen your face, yeah. metaphorically speaking. Yeah. They've stared at your back the entire fucking time and they just think that you're an ass yep. because that's all they see. Yep. And it's, it's, um, I, I guess maybe I fall in the same boat as you. I wonder if you, if you, this is for you. It's harder for people, for me to see people do that to you than to me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's funny. Like people are like, dude, he has no face. He's just an ass. And I, and it, it's preposterous. Mm -hmm. It's preposterous. It is on so many levels. And, and, um, and I also have no desire to like, if you feel that way, that's fine. I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. Your mind's made up. Um, see me through my actions and obviously the actions you've seen you have a negative opinion of and you dislike me for and that's fine or even positive i don't even i don't even care whether it's positive or negative it's the same people who've only seen the front side of you you know what i yep. mean it's just like jesus dude like yep well it's a super unique <clears throat> position to be in 
um, because it's incredibly high profile in our community. In our community, it's a high profile position to be in. And um, early on, I mean, I started working for CrossFit in 06. 07, 08, I started feeling the heat. And like I started feeling the pressure and like you start seeing people talk about you or disagreeing with what you're doing or disagreeing with how you're doing it. So by 2010, it was just super common. And I was just, you know, that's another thing people forget, like uh, especially leadership on our own team. Hey, I've been doing this for 15, 16 years. So like a decade ago, I was over all the negativity. You're, you've built a callus. Yeah, a decade ago. I was over all the negative. I had been beat up enough. And you can distinguish between unsan- unsubstantiated negativity and stuff that might be valid. For sure. I don't like Dave's cornrows. Not, <laughs> not, not valid. Who cares? Um, People still talk about that and say that, and I don't care. And I can't think of any substantiated ones. I, I, I would like to circle back on people who made... It's kind of interesting... There's people who made a career out of just complaining about you and CrossFit, but we'll get to that in a second. Well, before that, and concurrently, uh-huh. there was a group of people who made a career out of just coming after CrossFit. There was a good phase where if you wanted to become a name or you wanted to get some attention, write an attack piece on CrossFit. Come out, say how dangerous it is, say how dumb it is to do high rep Olympic weightlifting. And at those phases when you were doing that, you were doing that because you were desperate for relevancy and attention. And um, you don't see that as much now. Um, but yeah, towards me, you definitely see that. There's, there's people who, who want to get attention. So, hey, how can I get clickbait? How can I get people to watch my show or to talk about me? Talk shit about Dave. Say, I how, don't, I say don't, how he's doing everything wrong. I, I personally don't think that they're doing it for clickbait. I think that the, the, I think they're so bummed that they've been in the space so long and they still haven't gotten close to you. And so they're, they're, the, um, they're the boy in kindergarten who's calling the girl names that he likes. <laughs> And, and they've become and they've become myopic, singularly focused on you. So if you have a hair out of place, they have to comment on it. They've made you their life. That's what I think. I don't think it's even for clickbait. I don't think they can stop. Okay. But maybe I'm naive. Um, when I first met you and I would interview you, you wouldn't even let me, if we even talked about your career in the military, like like you just said, I know, I, I saw that dirt. I was wondering if I should tell you, but it kind of made you look tough. I was tough. shooting it Made you look tough. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't even let us say you were a SEAL. Yeah, that was like, during the phase of 2007, 6 to 2010, because mm-hmm. I was active duty. And I really didn't want to talk about it, and I really didn't want it to be out there while I was active duty. Even when I got out, I still wanted to keep it very low profile and not talk about it much. Um, now, I'm more in the past three or four years, I'm way more comfortable with it being known. But I'm not more comfortable with like diving into it or telling war stories or trying to leverage it or profit off of it. You'll never see me lead on my Instagram account in the bio or in the title with former Navy SEAL. You'll never see me like leverage that because that's just how I've chosen to um, represent myself with it. I used to think you were cool for that. <laughs> now you don't? I just don't. If, when I, I, I don't. I understand a little bit of the code that you shared with me, the silent professional, but you did it and you earned it. It's like, let's look at Matt Fraser. He, he has this great success. But that's very and different. And now he's I mean, leveraging he did it. it. But you yeah, did but, a great thing. But he did it in an area, in a world where being public and being in a sport with it was acceptable in the norm. I did it in a world where 
we were talking about and understood what it meant to be a silent professional and we would joke around and talk about oh you're going to write a book when you get aren't you get out aren't you and we'd make fun of those guys and we like we knew a lot of the things we did or were going to do or trained for or could potentially do we could never talk about or should never talk about or never air out and so I was in an environment very, don't, I you can't compare me to Matt Fraser on this one but here's the thing Matt did it for himself I have no issue with that. All the Matt games did athletes, what for himself? They're the game, all the games athletes do it for themselves. They're trying to win. Yeah, Paul, but Paul it's, a, it's, a, it's a public year. sport. It's right. very different. But than you a, did it for other people. So why, well, why can't you talk about it? And, and I think the really... Because I don't want to... So I'm okay with you saying this, but you're saying it's just the code and it's normal. I'm trying to figure out if there's any rationale behind it. Or if, if it's just like, hey, football some players... Of it is like, some of it is classified. So there is that, you know okay. what I mean? And so there's that level. And another thing is like, you're right to, an, to the extent of like- Like we want to hear it. I don't want to talk about it. There's guys <laughs> to my left and right who I don't want to betray that I went to war with and I don't want to talk about this stuff to, to lose their trust. Some of the teams and some of the places I've worked before, I still get invited back to the reunions and I'm still um, close with some of the guys. And that means a lot to me and that matters. And I. As soon as if, if I crossed a certain line, I would lose that, and I don't want to lose that. Okay. So you'd, if there is, if you don't necessarily give a fuck what bad people say about you in the world, you do care about the one group of people you do <laughs> care about is your 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 seal brothers. Yeah. You yeah. Do, that, you that's do. a good way to wrap this discussion up. This part of the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were a kid, did you carry a comb in your back pocket? When I was what? When you did you ever carry a comb in your back pocket? No, because my hair doesn't like slick back like that. Did you ever carry a brush in your back pocket? No. Did were you did you ever brush or comb your hair a lot? No. Never. My my hair always like does this thing where it falls forward or goes to the side, and I really did want it to go back, but it never would, so I just let it go. Like a Garrett Fisher type? Yeah, not a Garrett Fisher type. So and um so did you ever, were you ever preoccupied with your looks as a kid? Like in the seventh or eighth grade, would you be like, hey, I want, like there's a girl I like and I want to be dressed good and put on deodorant? No, I wasn't preoccupied with my looks, but I wasn't also confident as a kid. I didn't have much. Because that, that is one thing I definitely noticed about you over the 15 years. I'm like, this guy doesn't fucking care. <laughs> like he'll come out and he's like, you just never cared. What do you mean by that? Um, it was indicative of what I imagine a bunch of dudes hanging out together who haven't showered in a year like after a while like it's all to the wayside like i don't care like you know like when i was in eighth grade if i wore a hat to school and someone took my hat off i would be fucking devastated (laughs) if someone would see my hat head you know what i mean but if you're uh if if you're out if you're in the navy that that's absurd yeah for sure that's absurd One of, the, one of the things I always liked about when you talked about games and the programming and, and, and when I would suggest programs, uh, events to you and you tell me shut the fuck up um, gracefully and nicely, kindly, um, you would explain to me the difference between gimmicks and workouts. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? I know we've talked about that before. Some of the things you used to suggest. Um, Let's not use me as an example. <laughs> like digging of holes and like digging out of a thing. Like that's kind of gimmicky. Um, our stuff is very defined, moving large loads, long distances quickly, through um, barbell movements, through a lot of body weight movements, through implements that can generate and express high amounts of power through a certain range of motion in a, 
in a sense that a lot of our athletes trained for. It doesn't mean um, we can't ever take or go to places like that, digging or moving sandbags or hammering a spike, but those have to be done intelligently and very infrequently. Like it can't be a whole CrossFit Games of just shit like that. Like it, there, there's got to be a good bias towards CrossFit and this style of training and a um, and not too much of that because some of the stuff, even some of the stuff we've done, you could argue. Well, you might say, well, you're saying this about what I just my example, but what about that when you did this, like the sledge thing? That was kind of gimmicky. Sure, um, it's still a functional movement, but it also was one instance of 12 or 13 different events where it was okay to do that at that point. So that stuff is when you do see things like that or when we do consider stuff like that, it's very intentional and not um, haphazard. And you know what's funny about that? If you did the, sl- if you did the, um, the sledge hit, the hammer hit, like inside of a stadium with inside of beautiful sand boxes, yeah. it would look gimmicky. But you did it right out here. On 65 acres of just... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, and I was talking so, about the sledge thing, the, uh, the implement we'd use at the games where we'd hit between oh, the Oh, the green thing. The green thing, Okay, yeah. okay. But I was also talking about that. When there's... So through, through the years, different mo- modalities were introduced, right? Um, was there... So the first games were out of the hopper, and then there were the 2008 games, and... Then somewhere along the line, swimming was introduced, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't think of any other specific things, but and now since the first year swimming was introduced, it's been in the games every year, correct? Yeah. Do you ever see, like, what would it take for backflips to be in the game? Would you have to see that, like, 80% of the people at affiliates are doing backflips in their programming? Or are you influenced Not by that? Not necessarily, because look at the year we threw 100-pound snatches in the regionals. Um, Really, nobody was doing that weight at that time, so we just kind of took it there. I don't need to see people doing things to add things. Sometimes it's uh, looking at the current level of where the that degree of community is, how far they are in their progressions through things, and sometimes it's rolling the dice and trying new things. Um, and I don't have any, any good examples for you. Is, is there anything out there that you know that you would like to add to the games, but you just don't think it's time? Well, do you mean, like, narrow me in a little? Um, so one year you brought in biking. Okay. Okay? And now we've seen the bike several times, right? Yep. And you brought in swimming. Is there another, like, is, are you like, man, the pogo stick would be really fucking amazing? Or, I, 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 don't, I, I don't have what, an example. Let's think of some physical Or, like, things. shooting. Like, people no, are always shooting talking about shooting. Be, shooting will never be. I understand it won't be in, and I understand yeah. the pogo stick won't be in. But is there this thing that you, like, see on the horizon that you're like, hey, this is a movement that we need to be having? Well, check this out. Okay. I can guarantee this. If there was or it is, I'm not going to tell you right now. Okay. <laughs> but you don't have to tell me if they're, what it is. You don't have to tell me it's pogo sticking. I'm saying, is there... Answer, you know what? Ask me that question after this year's games. You okay. answer that question for yourself after this year's games. Oh. Deal? Okay. So there's something special coming this year. Just, just let's revisit this topic. Why wouldn't you have um, basketball shooting in the games? Well, okay, that's a great question. 
what's the physical? It's very highly, there's a lot of coordination, there's a lot of skill, there's a lot of practice that makes you a good basketball shooter. But across the field of, you look at people coming from different countries where they don't really play basketball or probably never been exposed to basketball, it would be incredibly unfair to them. Um, if you're going to do something like that, well, let's go back to baseball throwing, the year we did baseball throwing. A baseball throw, a throw is at least way more fundamental and foundational and functional because everybody at some point has taken an object and thrown it, except for Chris Spiller and Jason Kalipa. They obviously never threw anything. Um, but basketball is so sport-specific, or shooting a basketball, and so relegated to that, uh, to a specific realm, a specific skill set, it would be largely unfair to the entire field, especially if you've never shot a basketball, especially if you've never shown interest in doing that. Think of the other things that we've introduced. Think of something wild that we've introduced. Bring something up. Something that you have introduced? That we have. That was off the wall. Um, I don't know if it was off the wall, but L-sits. There was the baseball throw. Okay. There was the, the hit sledgehammer out here. Um, L-sit. Let's talk about the L-sit since okay. you brought that one up. Everyone can do that. It doesn't take any skill. That does, that does take skill, but it takes more strength and more adaptation. And everyone can do the L-sit. And everyone trains their core and trains movements like that in CrossFit. So even though that might have been the first time in an event they saw it, it wasn't too outside, like outside the spectrum of being able to have people perform at a high level who don't have much training or exposure in it. Sledge, that was kind of, you know, um, swinging a sledge. Firefighters definitely had an advantage. But again... The skill in doing this versus the skill in being accurate from 15 feet away and shooting a basketball are vastly different. Even take when we introduced the paddleboard. I'll help you out on this oh, one. Oh, thank you. The paddleboard in the games. Um, everyone could lay down on that thing and everyone could do this, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people were able to get up on their knees and show a little more skill and, and, and experience like how they do it. Uh, the experienced paddleboarders paddle boarders do it. What have we not introduced is similarly related to that paddleboard? Surfing. <laughs> yeah, that too. A stand-up paddleboard. Oh. So but didn't they have the option? Options? No, they didn't no. have an oh, option okay, to stand okay. up. Okay. The stand-up paddleboard would take more skill specific to that sport and to that way more than asking people who've never been in the ocean or never been on a paddleboard to lay down on a paddleboard and just paddle. Was that debated in the team? No, not at all. I just like was resolute in that decision and knew like, hey, we're not doing stand-up paddleboarding. We're doing uh, prone paddleboarding because you could take someone from the Midwest who's never been to the ocean, who's never been on the water, let's say the open water, and um, take people from all over the world, put them on that thing, lay down, and use your arms, and yeah, make it happen. Early, I'll go back to the demo team here for a second. <clears throat> you said that, um, you, I, I asked you if you have a demo team yet, and then you responded with, I asked Paul Tremblay to be the DTC, DD, DTC. DTC demo team captain. Yes. But, but what about the... That doesn't answer the question. If whoever you pick as a captain, do they get to pick the team? No, the captain doesn't get to pick the team. We don't have the team picked yet. We have some ideas for people who we want to pick. But remember, there's a last chance qualifier coming up. So there's still a good number of athletes who have one more chance to qualify for the games. And a good number of maybe, maybe all, maybe a few, maybe none of the demo team might come from that group of people 
who, uh, who still is yet to be completely out. Who, who is, give me one person that you'd like to invite on the demo team. I mean, I don't want to, like, it'll become official here. I don't want to make it official. Come on, just one. I told well, you we asked Paul Trombley. He said no. Oh, that was good. You did. Thank yeah. you. Who else did you ask that said no? That's it. Has anyone ever said no before? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, maybe I should ask Matt to be on it. Fraser. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be good. <laughs> I think he's going to be too busy selling podium at the games. What's that? That's his uh, flavored drink, his... Oh, get big drink? Yeah, get big, uh, his nutritional supplement. Okay. That was, that was another thing um, to talk about Matt Fraser when, when there was that um, curse shuffle between you guys, internet curse shuffle. It's kind of, that was one of those things that I saw, and, I've, and the only reason why it looked weird is because it was public when I realized that everyone I know who's in your circle also went through that with you. That's part of the dance to get to know Dave. There's going to be, like, you can't be sensitive. There's a, there's a, a pushing in period past the, the, the prickly, the prickly <laughs> side. And all these people were like losing their shit. And I'm just like, like, it's nothing. Yeah. It's just big boys. Just, just, yeah. Just big boys just doing their shit. Yep. Dancing. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what will be at the games every single year? So I'll start you off swimming. Not necessarily. I mean, you're making that assumption. I'm not yes. saying that. Uh, so you can't say that. I won't say that. I won't say that. There, there will there, be CrossFit there workouts. There will be CrossFit, every- classic CrossFit workouts every year at the CrossFit Games. And when you say classic CrossFit workouts, you're not just saying a hero wad or a girl wad. No, you're saying I mean, couplets, be, triplets. Yeah, they could be new workouts that haven't been seen, new tests that haven't been seen. Um, when you do do the classic CrossFit workouts, they're always with heavier weights. Not necessarily. No? No, not necessarily. We did Randy a few years ago at regionals, and it was 75 pounds, 75 reps at 75 pounds. Uh, we deliberately and intentionally do workouts that aren't always scaled up in weight. Sometimes we do, though. You're right, but not always. Would you ever do Fran at its regular weight ever again? Yeah, I don't see. Of course, for sure. You don't see that and be like, "Hey, it's pointless to do it ninety-five pounds for these animals." No. Why are the team athletes, another presupposition, bigger than the individual athletes? The team. Team. Um. Both the women and men look bigger. Yeah. Do you guys not drug test those guys? No, we do. We do. <laughs> we drug test. That was just a cheap shot. Yeah, it was. I don't. I'd like to see, like, I'd like to take stats on that. Like, I'd like to, I think you're right. Like, when you look off, oftentimes when you look at that field, those guys look way bigger. I don't necessarily think the girls do, but I think the guys look much bigger on teams than individuals. But I'd really like to, like, break that down and put some actual numbers behind it and see how much bigger they are. Um, if there was a reason why, maybe it's because we have so much warm work, and maybe it's because spread across four people, that ideal smaller frame necessarily isn't ideal smaller frame for a man. Shorter, thicker, not necessarily tall, like Jason, uh, what's his name? Kalipa. Not Kalipa. Hopper. Hopper. Like Jason Hopper's a big dude. Um, so maybe he'll break that mold of smaller guy uh, doing well at the games. He looks more like a team guy, team member at the CrossFit Games than, uh, like, to your point. Right, right. Yeah, when you said the way you said team guy, you can't ever say team guy, and I know. you always have to clarify. I know, because even how it comes out of your mouth, there's a <laughs> there's a shift. 
Do you like, do you, when Froning came on the scene, I remember, I, I don't remember where you were. I think you were on the East Coast somewhere and you were at a competition and I think we talked and you were at the airport and you said, hey dude, there's a guy here. And I'm like. I think it was Jackson. It was a sectional in, a sectional in Jacksonville, I'm pretty sure. Keep going. And basically you said there's a guy here. Yeah. And you never say that. Yeah. Because at that point you were hearing every day from one of your trainers, we have the next games yeah. winner. We yeah. have the next games winner, right? Yeah. And, um, and then I believe when we were at um, the Reebok event in when Matt was first there, the first time Matt was there, you're like, oh shit, this is, we, they've got another one on the, on the horizon. And those are the only two guys I ever heard you say anything about. I, to, uh, to be fair, I also said it about um, Vellner. Okay. Um, when I saw him at the Northeast Regional and he, he injured his bicep, I think it was, and I was like, oh, this guy's done. He's not going to be able to make it through the weekend. And then he went through and still crushed the weekend. And I was like, wow, this guy's legit. And he's, got, he's well-rounded. And I felt like he was seriously the only dude who can give Matt a run for his money. And he kind of did fill that position for a brief period. Since um, in the past couple of years, it hasn't panned out as well for him. It looks like he did really good at the Atlas Games. So maybe he's poised to do something special at the Games this year. But early on, I felt strongly about him in that role. Then it kind of, for me, faded. Uh, and, and then what, what do you think about the Jason Hopper kid? I'm fucking super impressed. Super impressed. I think uh, everyone should take notice. Now it's just a matter of seeing how he performs in this environment with uh, a big breadth of tests, a wider variety of tests that are going to challenge him in many different ways than he was at that level. And so, and the region and the semifinals are are more different than the games in, in a variety of different ways, more different than they were five years ago. So it would have been easier to say, "Hey, what I saw Rich do will transfer well to the games." Now it's a little harder. Because, Not necessarily no. because all the events. Here, here's where I'm looking at it from. Even back then, all of the events to qualify people to the games, for the most part, I don't know how san sanctionals were because I didn't pay attention to their programming. But we're like six or seven events, right? So here's what I'm saying. He did great, thrived in that environment of six or seven events. You look at historically what we do at the CrossFit Games, it's typically four days. And um, you're looking at 10 to 14 events. So how's his body going to respond to double the amount of tests with vastly different things in a way high-pressure moment where the entire CrossFit community who cares about the sport is tuned in and watching? I think he'll do fine. You know, you know who did great as a rookie? <laughs> Ricky Gerard. But there was that. He did great as a games athlete, too. That's what I mean, as a games athlete rookie. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, right, right. At the games, as a rookie, he did great. In so if Hopper takes second place, he's juicing? I didn't say that. No, I did not say that. <laughs> just doing algebra, buddy. I'm just doing but, algebra. Um, so my point is, there can be a rookie rookie like that who can come on the scene and do great and 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 i'm gonna have to see let's see and you know the matt the first year first couple years matt was at the games he looked great but he didn't win uh he lost one year to ben and then he lost another year to rich it might have been flipped back it might have been rich than ben i don't remember yeah rich then ben um so and in each of those he was kind of exposed in terms of a weakness and then he fixed it and it wasn't a weakness anymore the year he lost to Ben, the weakness was rope climbs, legless rope climbs. The little bit I did speak to Jason Hopper, I spoke to him twice. 
Um, and maybe, and I, and I am naive because I'm the kind of person who like believes first. And there's this proximity people. bias that goes on in our community where like people get really close to their little athlete and watch them and see everything they're doing. And they're like, man, this guy's going to win this guy. He's so great. You don't see him in training. You have no idea. No, he's something special. Yeah. You know what? There's 50 of those also happening at the same time. Uh, I remember during triple three, someone said that about Jason Kalipa. Basically someone said at the games, uh, a well-known, uh, personality pulled me aside and said, hey, Jason Kleep is going to win triple three. And I'm like, there's no way. He's too big. And they're like, no, you should see him in training. He's putting all the time and, and all the effort in. Like, he's going to crush this. And I mean, yeah, he might have improved his endurance stuff and his running a lot. But in that variety varied of a field where there's guys who are naturally way lighter and much better runners, yeah, he didn't. He didn't win. Was that the year they did the row marathon too? No, the row marathon was in Madison. Triple three was a Carson event. Triple three was Oh, the, then what was the row event they did in Carson? Row a marathon. Oh. Oh, and the triple three was in Madison is what you're saying. No, no, no. Half marathon in Carson. Oh, okay. Triple three in Carson. And were those the same games? I don't think so. I only ask because that, that game, Jason came out, Jason and Garrett and Neil, I don't know. Neil I don't Maddox remember. came out crazy strong. It yeah. were basically one, two, three for the first day. Yeah, I don't remember. So I so when I t- when I talk to these guys, well, it's, to to kind of ride your coattails on that. When I talk to athletes, like even when I talk to Hopper, he basically is telling me like about this guy uh, Taylor Self, who beats him in workouts but didn't qualify for the games. And I remember speaking to Graham Holmberg and other people, you know, who were great CrossFitters. And they'd be like, "Dude, my training partner always beats me." Here. You know who wouldn't talk like that? Matt or Rich or Rich. Yeah, no one was beating him. Right. That's the level these guys. That's the level you need to be to win Tia now at this point for the most part like I, I don't know what Tia would say on that topic but like I did I have heard Matt say stuff like that and Rich for sure he would say it's like no one was beating them no one was beating those guys in their gym you know so um, he, they to win the games and to win them year after year you have to get to that point where basically nobody's beating you and that's where those guys were the games have gone through so much change 18 19 20 do you feel it's hard even to compare them to each other? That the, that it, that it, it, like I know you, so I feel like you might think that it, it, it's messy right now. I don't ever compare them against. I don't compare them against each other. I do. All I think of is all right. New year, push it forward. What's going to happen? What are we going to do differently? How are we going to make it better? I'm never really looking back at the games and comparing or seeing. I'll look at workouts for ideas or see what we've done or see trends. But I'm not thinking of comparing them. Why don't you watch the sanctionals? Well, when we had them, I didn't watch them because I don't like... Uh, um, Sorry, or the semifinals. Oh, I do watch the semifinals. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why don't you watch the sanctionals? Why I didn't, didn't watch the sa- sanctionals because it was outside of our control and not really our events. And, you know, they got one spot and other than that to the games. And other than that, and there was a lot of them, they weren't really our... Um, <clears throat> we weren't overseeing them. The semifinals were... Not, were we're working closely with and we have a great relationship with we qualify a lot more people to the games and it's way more of a partnership let's say and we're streaming them and we're doing we're handling the broadcast so i closely watch those because we're way more involved i struggle watching them because i struggle going to those events because and this will also tie into why i didn't watch sanctionals well because when i'm you know i created this sport 
and like everything we're doing, it feels like I have had a hand in and like the direction we've gone, how it's laid out, what we do. And we set the trend for a lot of people to do what we've done. It's, um, it's tough to be there at those events. I would go to semifinals this year and only be there for a couple hours and then, you know, move on to the next one or, or travel home. Actually, this year I travel home. Um, just because I didn't like, I don't like being there, not engaged or not being able to to really dive in and really change things and really make things better. Also, I didn't watch the sanctionals because when I have free time or for enjoyment, I don't do more CrossFit. I don't watch more CrossFit. I don't tune in and like when I want to take a break or I want to do something else, I completely pull out. Like it's not CrossFit that I'm engaging in to. Uh, as my passion or as as or with my time off um so and that's a good balance like i don't want to just always be okay i have some free time let me travel to the um you know what i mean like nothing i'm not talking anything negative about them but i'm just saying like well you did go to 100 affiliates in san diego but that's very different you did 100 affiliates in 100 days i worked out at every single one i don't think it was quite 100 days i just what i wanted to do was work out every affiliate in san diego county in san diego county and um, that's very different. That's like to show support to the trainers, to so- show support to the affiliates, to show support to the community. Um, but you didn't have to do that. That wasn't part of your job description. No, but it was just a nice little challenge. And like I'm really close with, I like really care about the affiliates and their success because I feel like, I mean, I was doing this when there was like 20 or 30. And so, and when I was running training for the last decade and a half, um, basically our program literally touches every affiliate out there. If you were an affiliate, you went through a course that I probably scheduled, not probably, that I scheduled and or staff, and staffed. Um, you're not on the training team anymore. Uh-uh. And how long has that been? Since Rosa took over. And um, I've heard you talk on other podcasts that you missed that. Yeah, I totally miss it. You still miss it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It doesn't go away. No, it hasn't gone away. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I miss Because I used to be the of... executive director of CrossFit Media. Do you miss it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, st- I still miss the, the training now called education. I still miss that aspect of not being um, heavily involved. I'm still, I still talk with Nicole a lot and I still um, share ideas or my thoughts with her on how it's going. Has it made you less, um, has it made you worse at the job that you do have? Like that it would be better that if you had your feet in both that it would actually make you better? That being a, you know, like, like they say about all the Nobel Prize winners, even though they're specialists, they had a wide range. They're not super specialists like the guy, because super specialists, there's no innovation. Yeah. There's no creativity. Yeah. And the guys who are like coming up with the cures for all of this stuff, they have multiple fields and multiple disciplines. Do you feel like that that's affected you at all? Like it's made you too myopic on the games? And, and like, no, because I'm still kept really busy, like arguably more busy, not more, but uh, very busy with just what we're responsible for. This has led very differently than how Greg led and like, you know, meetings and calls and priorities and just like, we got a lot going on. And, and the growth that Eric and the team wants to have out of sport where Greg didn't give a shit about what we did in the games and only wanted us doing the games, Eric and, and obviously this new team really do care about it and want to grow it. So um, it's good. It's the right decision that I'm in sport and that Nicole's just running education and I'm not there anymore, but it, I still miss it. It's the right way to have set it up, yes. Okay. So you're not isolated? No, no, no. You haven't been marginalized? 
well, I have not, I don't think, been marginalized, but I kind of <laughs> do view it. Look at there's a I kind of do view it as a professional marginalization because uh, so then there was three big line of businesses for CrossFit: affiliates, training, and games. Two of them I ran; the other I did not. There's those three. But you still. were heavily involved still. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, when I was at CrossFit, involved. you had your hands everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely did. Um, now instead of the two, it's in a the good one. way, by the way. Well, in and interestingly, way. so there was the three. I was in charge of two, and then for a brief period, basically, yeah, about one year ago today. I was in charge of them all, <laughs> CEO, and then now I'm just in charge of one. So it's not meant that way, but I kind of look at it like, yeah, I have a lot less responsibility than I have had in the past. Although I also have a lot of responsibility. When, when, when we were working together, um, Greg was the CEO and founder, and he was clearly our leader, and he led the company, and uh, he had a really strong vision. But he ran the company. He ran the company, and he had a really strong vision, and but um, and, and and there and there wasn't a, an official number two. We never like we didn't have that. Um, no one knew. But on behalf of everyone who worked there, and I don't care if they don't agree with me because I'm right. Um, <laughs> if people needed leadership, because when you only have one person at the top and you haven't delegated it, people would always come to you. Uh, at at the higher level, yeah. Yeah, all the sure. department heads would yeah. come to you. Like you were to the a guy. You were the guy, and it was unofficial. And it wasn't because you were a bully. It's just because they recognize leadership and everyone needs leadership. Does everyone need leadership? <laughs> I don't know if everyone does. A lot of people do. I don't know if everyone does. Okay. Some people really want it. Some people uh, don't want it as much. Some people want to be left free to kind of do things on their own. It's, it's specific to individuals. Do you need leadership? Need. Do you need it? Need, no. No. Are you a leadership challenge? At times, but in a very constructive and positive way for the outcome. Maybe not a constructive and positive way in the delivery of the message, but for where we're going. So you need a strong leader. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I know this is a little out of your realm. I know you're not running the media department at CrossFit, but in 2018, and I could be wrong, but by but my timeline could be off, but the spirit of my story will be correct. They turned off social media at CrossFit Inc. They turned off Facebook and Instagram. Um, we noticed an immediate, you know, 30% decline in all our numbers. Metrics started plummeting, and we got rid of the entire media team except for five or six people, um, including myself, and. That was a really hard time because, was that a hard time for you? Yeah. And, and it was a hard time for me because it was so fun speaking to the world and we had just all of a sudden completely lost our voice. And there was this really small group who was excited because they spun the narrative that, hey, this is awesome, they're open to other people talking. When I feel like we were <laughs> always open to other people talking, we, who are we to stop anyone? Yes, we would have discourses. If you said something that wasn't true, we would come back at you. But... We never put our, I don't ever feel like we put our foot on anyone's neck. So, so then, um, so then you become CEO and people, what's funny is some people said, oh, he's just a puppet of Greg's. Well, Greg was adamantly against rebuilding the media team. And your first day of being the CEO, you told me, get everything, get the machine start going, put gasoline in the engine, oil it, and let's start producing content. He was adamant against a lot of the things I did, but it didn't stop me. Right. And that's the thing. 
if you know me well, if there's one thing I'm not for anyone, it's a puppet. So that comment that people were saying was, uh, that pissed me off. Maybe it's racially charged. Maybe it's because I'm Mexican. <laughs> How could I be in charge? No, they don't. I, I, I was ra- it's racially charged. I was a they called you of the a white man. They called you. They a did because I had position and authority. I was all of a sudden white. <laughs> um, he's Mexican. Um, so, so then, so then we start. We start building up the media team we start doing the testimonials again we start basically celebrating the affiliates again is how i would describe it that was basically our goal to celebrate the affiliates and roll the red carpet out as far as we could out into the world so that people we can entice people to find their home at the crossfit affiliate and build health and community and support and all of that and it was an exciting time i don't know if you were ceo for one month two months three months but then shit hit the fan and greg sold the company and ran off rich as shit yeah and even richer than that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, we were, the society was close. Society has been shut down for a, I don't know, 12 months, 15 months. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. And um, I felt like there was a tremendous opportunity for, uh, for CrossFit to put out media during that time because Netflix numbers have skyrocketed. And maybe I'm just blind, but I'm not seeing any effort to to put together media and, and, and rally the community. It just seems, it seems like an enormous being made. Um, is, it yeah. seems like an enormous missed opportunity. There's definitely media being made, and then you look at what we're doing on the game side. There's a lot of content and a lot of media being made. Uh, that's one aspect of it. Um, the current media team has done some original content. I you know I've voiced that I think we should be doing a lot more, as you're saying. I think we'll get to that put place we're not there yet but we need to um there's there's this like in people and i'm not saying it is a critical thing i'm just just okay okay. i was talking to some affiliates this weekend and they're talking about all these things we can do and and should do and eventually might do but all of this stuff takes a lot of time and all of this like you know eric's been running it and this team's been running it for a year that's a long time and it's not at all a long time like there's just, right. it just, things take time to put in motion and to roll with and to get committed to. And so, so this is still in its infancy, you know, and there's still a lot of things that we'll do and things we'll do differently and things to come that, uh, there's a hundred things I would have liked to snap my fingers to and say, let's just start doing this, but it doesn't work that way, you know? And so, well, if you know anyone and you want to pass my advice up to the top, a lot of people are still stuck in their homes and scared and they would love and people are now working from home the whole the whole dynamic of how much time people spend at home has changed dramatically let me do a scrub of your social media and see how you are publicly facing and then i'll uh, get and, back no to no you. you don't want me for the job you don't want me for the job i'm unemployed hashtag unemployable but but it, it, would, it would be fantastic for the affiliates, in my opinion, and for the community, if you guys just ratcheted up the media sh- machine a thousandfold and gave people content to, to stare at. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about before? Because we're reaching an hour. There's a couple, couple fun things I'm going to ask you here. You do fun things? I do. Okay, let's just go to your fun things. Um, Josh and Jacob. Just tell me who's going to win just right off the top of your head without thinking about it, and then we'll go into it. Josh. How biased are you because he's a SEAL in your buddy, sort of buddy, as close as anyone can get to you? Um, a lot, for sure, because I know that mindset he has from having been there too and having gone through the 
the type of training that we have, he's a fucking killer. And he's in a, he'll have a switch where he'll go there. Uh, I don't know if Jacob has that. <laughs> I mean, Jacob's a great guy. Jacob's a funny guy. But, like, funny guys don't win fights. Loving guys don't win fights. Like, Josh has, has uh, gone through the training to be a killer. You're saying Josh has issues. I'm not saying he has issues. I'm saying he's, he's gone through specific training to train you to prepare for battle, to prepare for combat, to a degree to where you can die. This is not. This is sport. And so that mental edge is significant. Josh has gone on combat deployments overseas where he's left that helicopter or got out of that vehicle and he's known, hey, people might be shooting at me. I might die. Um, that advantage there is significant. Hebner's never had anything like that. Okay, who would you say is a better athlete? Well, athletically, um, from what I've seen, Josh is a more experienced boxer. Obviously, Hepner is very new to this. Physically, as a CrossFitter, Hepner is a better CrossFitter. That doesn't play well for Josh, but I think that'll be that'll be uh, washed out by his um, his better boxing skill and this mindset that I'm talking about. Look, I don't Froning, feel like I can Froning speak. and Frazier both yeah. had it, but not like in combat ways. They both had it, and Tia has it, in competition ways. When they're out there on the field, they're looking left and right and seeing, you know, people go out there and go, I just play my game and I just want to do the best I can. You're, you're fucking losing when you talk like that. <laughs> you're going to lose. You're not, you're not a champion like those guys are. Every one of them, when they're out there, they're not thinking about doing the best they can. They might be thinking about their plan, and they might create a plan and have an idea of what they're going to do, but they're also scanning, looking left and right to see where everyone else, oh, shit, now i got to abandon my plan and push it a little harder. And um, same thing, so like in this fight game, like he has that tenacity and that fight Josh does that I don't know if Jacob does. Um, so I'm going to ask you the question again, and I think you're having trouble answering it because Josh is your buddy. Who is the better athlete? Well, to see the better athlete, I'd like to see some more athletic skills. So I'd like to see some more throwing. I'd like to see some more... Let's get a little one-on-one soccer. Soccer, basketball, more... Um, you can be the fittest alive and not the best athlete in a group of people. Like, Froning's an amazing athlete. I don't know how good of an athlete Matt is. He's athletic. I mean, to do these movements and do the things he is, he's incredibly athletic. But, like, you look at Froning and... Flag football, he yeah, excels. Baseball, he excels. Right. Played basketball with him, he excels. Like he's really well-rounded in those type of things. Can you beat Rich in basketball? For sure. Um, yesterday, when I uh, on the podcast, I think Josh told me I have another podcast. Josh, Matt, and Sevon podcast. I haven't seen it. This is the Sevon podcast. <laughs> and um, well, I thought we were doing the Josh, Sevon, and Matt one. We are. We are. Just Josh, Matt, quiet. <laughs> um, Josh told me he's, he's weighs 165. Wow. <laughs> that's not good. No, that's not good, right? Hepner probably weighs 185, 190 easily. Yeah. And he's, a, he's just a piece of steel, Hepner. Yeah. That doesn't play well for Josh. They, they have weight limits, right? I, 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 well, what's funny is the fight was signed, and then when I talked to Josh about it on the show, he says stuff like, well, yeah, we're trying to get the max weight limit at 190. But yeah, 190 doesn't help Josh. I think in some states, some sanctioned events, legally you can't even have more than a 40-pound weight difference. And that was one of the problems with Mayweather and uh, Logan Paul, that even as an exhibition match, there, there are rules. You can't just have a fucking 100-pound guy fight a 200-pound guy. There's laws against it. I didn't know it. that. So you're sticking with Josh, even at 165. Want to change your opinion? Nope. All righty. 
Um, would you ever do a boxing match? <sighs> no. Never. Here's the thing. I respect that sport a lot and I'm a huge fan. And I'm not a fan of these celebrity boxing matches. I am. Yeah. They're popular. I watch them. But I, <laughs> I might, there might be a point where I stop watching them. Right. Um, I don't want to disrespect the sport like that. I Like, who the fuck am I? Who am I to step in a boxing ring other than a popular figure in CrossFit? And I don't think that should be my point of entry to, to do something like this. I don't want to do it for that reason. Like, I don't want to use my... I'm not convinced. I think you would do it. I think someone could goad you into it. With the right amount of money, maybe. Okay, last question. How long are you going to do this gig as the director of the CrossFit Games? That's a good question. I, uh, I'm not thinking about like that right now, especially as I'm making all this and programming it. Like, I'm not thinking, well, when am I going to rotate, um, rotate out? It's been 15 years of doing it, and, and I've never really thought of... Uh, transitioning out but throughout those years there's been little things I've given more like I've let go of in terms of especially with programming um, there's pieces where I let the team work on and program rather than um, me doing completely so that might happen naturally over time you know where it's like okay you guys are now programming more of this not all of it but more of it and I mean I, I don't see myself not doing it for a while but I don't also think about it too often. Dana White is significantly older than you. I'm guessing at least 15 years older than you. But he's been doing the UFC for 30 years. And to be honest, like if I watch the weigh-ins, but if he's not doing the weigh-ins and it's like one of the other guys who I like, I just don't watch the weigh-ins. Because part of the dynamic is just seeing him with the... This is going to be a really unpopular statement that people will try to probably pick apart and break down. But like... Let's cut the show here. <laughs> he's way more in everything than I am. And I, yes. and that is by design. Yes. I purposely like, look and at he's one, good at it. No, he is good at it. But like, I, I'm not in everything and I try not to be in everything like he is. So I'm not trying at all to emulate how he does things or his style. Um, if I was, you'd see me on all the update shows. You see me like, I'd be way more out there. Uh, I, I don't, we don't need that. I don't need that. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, that your water is open and close enough to your computer that if it falls in, it goes into your I already keyboard. had some water on my key keyboard a minute ago. I was just wiping it off. And that's probably not even your computer. Probably CrossFit bought that for you. So it's kind of disrespecting your This one's from equipment. Greg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's mine now. That's some old school shit. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you.